Clay, welcome to the show. Mikey, thanks for having me, man. Thank you for your patience, for the support. And uh, shoot, man, welcome to South Florida, dude. I'm out here by my dock. Yeah, it looks nice, man. Moved in here a few months ago and still getting settled. But uh, man, it's great to be by the water and it's great to be part of your show. Thank you so much, man. And you know, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, a lot going on with you. Um, you've been fishing, I guess. I see on your, your Instagram. <laughs> man, I've been home. Let's see. I think I've been down here for five days and i've been fishing three of the five days man i enjoy fishing right like it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing for me but i'm not into it like you are and I, I know guys are really into it they're they're into hunting or fishing or whatever the case what is it that makes it so exciting for you because i understand like you know something gets on your line and you don't know what it is you fight with it you're excited to see what it's going to be is it going to be big but it seems like once you've had so many fish and like you you fish so much as you have what makes it so exciting for you to go out there and, and fish all the time um i think it's just the the unknown you know what i mean it's uh you don't know really know what's under the water when you're uh, fishing for for salt you know when you're fishing salt water you know there's millions of different kinds of species um you're kind of a little bit limited when you're fishing freshwater um but i am a bass fisherman at heart that's what i grew up doing fishing for bluegill fishing for catfish things like that but um what has really uh kind of piqued my interest about living in the salt water and getting a place down here is um yeah, kind of not really knowing what uh, what you're going to get on any given day, any given cast. And the fact that, um, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't hunt very much. I've only gone a few times um, for Chad Mendes' Fins and Feathers uh, guide service. I got to do a couple of pig hunts, which was awesome, man. I got to do one out of a, a swamp buggy, which is like this gnarly off-road machine. And you just literally like cruising these uh, <laughs> out in these ranches and you run over these trees and bushes and these hogs come out and you blast them with AKs, with ARs, with, with you know, shotguns, rifles, pretty wild. And then the other one he asked me to do was a helicopter hog hunt where we oh, run over these fields in Texas outside of Austin. And our captain, uh, the pilot, literally just pulls you right over on top of these hogs and you're just shooting these things out of a out of a helicopter. So to me, the difference in hunting and fishing is you can see what you're hunting. Most, you know, obviously right, right, all right. the time. And fishing, you, I mean, most of the times, unless you're sight fishing, you can't really see what's under there. So... I mean, it's, um, it's always, to me, it's, it's a mystery, you know what I mean? And I feel like you have to work a little bit harder for it and, uh, be a little more knowledgeable, maybe, um, not to take anything away from hunters because those guys, they'll, they'll be out there for days and not see the species they're hunting for. You talk about patience, man. It takes the ultimate, ultimate, um, sacrifice and patience for those guys to, you know what I mean? Just be out there and then live off of the land or what they just have in their immediate backpack, what they have in their gear bags, things like that too. So one thing that's always intrigued me about fishing is um and i kind of compare it to wrestling and i kind of compare it to mma it's one-on-one -on -one, man yeah. you're fighting that fish solo you know what i mean no matter what um it's you uh, the, it's you the line the fishing rod and um and that fish so i think uh, there, you can't blame anyone you can't blame your coach you can't blame yeah yeah you, know, you can't blame anyone except the guy that's holding that rod and the guy that's holding that reel <laughs> yeah. um so there's kind of a lot of similarities there it's uh it's just, it's been fun. It's been something for me. Um, you know, I started my whole, you know, when I was a young boy, my old man taught me how to fish, like I said, for catfish, for bluegill, for bass. And, um, now I'm down here by them in Florida. And I started, uh, this, uh, the shirt that I'm wearing and this little coffee cup I'm drinking out of Gills and Thrills of Guida. Oh yeah. I saw your Instagram page for that. Yeah. So it's, uh, a fishing entertainment guide service. I okay. teamed up with, uh, my former opponent, uh, Chad Mendez. Now we're business partners. We've been oh, buddies. Nice. Ever. We were buddies before we competed against each other, before we shed the octagon together. And now we're business partners. And um, it's really cool to learn from him because he's been rocking fins and feathers now, I think, for five or six years. And it's great to learn from someone like him who's so passionate about the outdoors world, so passionate about hunting, competing, wrestling. You guys have seen he's been on the top yeah, of the... Yeah, uh, he's fantastic. And he's fought the best. I, I still believe uh, him and Jose Aldo have the greatest, if not the greatest, featherweight bout of all time. It's Their crazy. second one was bananas, man. I watched it again the other yeah. day. And uh, it was just unreal to see those guys cracking each other, knocking each other down. I think they dropped each other each, at least twice a few in the times, fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's cool to learn from someone like him. And um, so I, I just noticed, you know, it's always been a passion of mine to fish. And I knew I want to get starting, starting to get ready to transition for when I do hang up the gloves. And however many years it's going to be, I have no time limit on that. Um, and to see how Chad has been able to transition and be successful in his uh, you know, mixed martial arts world and transition over when he hung up the gloves to uh, how successful he is now um, 
with the, with outdoors and with this guide service. So basically, what I my concept was, I want to take clients and fans and people out fishing, and I kind of want to wrap it around you know things that I love to do. And people know obviously I love to compete. Um, I love to go to UFC events. I love live music. Uh, you know I love wrestling. And I love professional sports. So that's kind of the concept I came up with is combining nice. the fishing with the you know with with my lifestyle. So I want to yeah. uh, um, I kind of wanted to put that all together and show our fans and clients how appreciative we are of their support and get to take them behind the scenes at some of these concerts with some of these bands that i'm friends with like slightly stupid metallica zach brown band just to name a few um or take them to some of these um you know sporting events i'm a huge cubs fan we've been lucky enough uh you know they've uh, they let me when i fought in chicago they had me throw out the first pitch i got to do the seventh inning stretch so i get to take these guys and meet some of the players or just take them and put them put them in cool seats and you know just give them a different um vantage point a different view of uh what they might not you know get to see all the time and um take them to a ufc event and you know get to meet and really just show them that all access um kind of vip concierge service if you will so just because we're so thankful of the the blessings we've had in in our sport and the the cool things we get to do i like to kind of pay that back to our our fans that have um you know i mean sacrificed so much to you know to pay those those expensive pay-per-views and tune in you know, while they're busy and tune in after work or whatever they, whatever it is, man, they make time for us. The least I can do is make time for them. So, um, we got some cool trips coming up, um, in a couple of weeks, we actually have one in Miami with uh, Rashad Evans. He's a big fisherman too. So we're going out uh, peacock bass fishing in Miami with him. And now uh, this little, this guy, monster Mike, he's a YouTube sensation. This guy catches a uh, monster peacock bass, which look like tropical fish, even though they're brackish water than the canals of Miami. So we got that one. Then the next day we're going out with Marcus shark. This guy catches like 10 to 12 foot hammerhead sharks tiger wow. sharks red snapper goliath grouper mahi mahi you name it and then um later that month my boy chad mendez is coming down with our business partner mike papa and um we're gonna go off for these huge tarpon out here just a couple miles away from me uh goliath grouper so i can't wait to see chad get on a goliath grouper watch his arms burn off man because i tell you what i've seen it bre- i've seen it break bodybuilders and grown men and chad's yeah. one of the strongest one of the hardest hitters I've ever felt. And I cannot wait to see him get on a giant fish and just see that <laughs> watch Chad struggle a little bit, man. That's so. awesome, man. I was always, I was I always ask guys that are kind of in their mid thirties or so. Um, you obviously 39, what their end game is, but you already answered that. So now I know that this is what your passion is. This is what you're going to do. So you jumped ahead and, and answered that already for me. Um, and then I totally can see you not like living off the land and being patient when you hunt. I can totally see you, uh, shooting AK 47s off helicopters. It sounds like a call of duty expansion pack, um, <laughs> way of hunting. So I, I, t- I have no doubt in my mind that, that that's the way you choose to hunt when you hunt. Um, that's crazy, but, but, but moving back a little bit, um, I want to say congrats on your big fight, uh, Michael Johnson. Obviously, uh, big fight, uh, big win. You almost had him out there at the end. Nice, uh, nice choke, and it se- seemed like you had a nice little figure four in there, and and you were squeezing him pretty tight, and uh, he, he 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 endured it, and and you still won, obviously. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. And you know what? Those are the tough ones because uh, um, Mikey, he's a friend of mine as well. You know what? And we met, um, we met. I, I say ten, ten years ago, maybe a dozen years ago. Uh, down in Missouri is where he's from. I was down at Lake of the Ozarks, um, just boating. We we're at the, we we're at this uh, this bar, and he came up, and he was super nice. And um, he's like, "Hey, Clay, you know, I've been watching you for a long time, and um, you know, I'm just getting into getting into the fight game right now." He wrestled in Missouri. He's got some accolades. I believe he was a Division two wrestler. Yeah. Um, so uh, he had some success there, and he was just always pumped. You know, I could tell he had the passion. I knew he had the he had the look in his eye. You, yeah. You've seen it before, guys that, um, you know, that got it. You know what I mean? And uh, so we we trained together a little bit at Jackson's for a little while. Um, we hung out, you know, at, at UFC events. Obviously, I you know I've seen him fight live. Um, we hung out in Florida. Him and Anthony Johnson. We've been at a couple of UFC events and just uh, mixed martial arts kind of uh, expo signing stuff like that. So he's my little buddy. And then once you know once the UFC called and offered that fight, at first I was I wasn't having it, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but you know, UFC is they call, they don't give you many options. Yeah. And at that, <laughs> we had just, uh, we had just signed a four fight deal. Yeah. And going to not accept the first fight that they offered. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes they don't look too highly upon that. Right. Um, uh, it was one of those, it was a tough one. And, uh, Mikey's is, 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 is tough as it comes. His skill level is far beyond mine. Um, I mean, he's a dynamic striker. We've seen, you know, his his ground game is pretty solid. His wrestling game is good. Like I said, he's, you know, he's wrestled, you know, um, you know, a bigger school than I have. Um, 
you know, he's fought <laughs> some dominant dudes, you know, yeah, like, for sure. he's beaten some guys out there. He's fought the Khabib's, uh, Dustin Poirier's, Tony Ferguson's, you name it. His list is, you know, it, it goes on and on, you know, so I knew that was going to be a tough one. And um, we were both coming off a skid. I was on a two fight skid. I think he was on a two or three fight skid. So that was uh, that was one we needed, man. I yeah. guess it's safe to say. And um, I know and I, I messaged him a few days after the fight. You know, I mean, friendship is one thing. A fight doesn't ever sway that for me. You know what I mean? And um, I messaged him, and he was super respectful. I told him, man, it was an honor to share the cage with you, little band, little bro. And uh, I appreciate that. And I told him, chin up, stay focused, stay positive, because the best is yet to come. And I realized, you know, and I I truly believe that for a kid like him, he's still got the he's still got a lot left in the gas tank. His talent level really, really is uh, it, it's top notch, man. And um, we really had to work hard on that fight. I don't know how we did, you know, choke him out in that one, man. So it yeah. just shows you he's got a lot. A lot of heart, a lot of balls, man. So props to uh, to Mikey on that one, man. And you're always so humble in victory or defeat. Um, and you said after the fight, you said that, that, that there's always something to learn. I know I noticed you said that. Did you, what is it that yeah. you learned during that fight? And then also in a second part to that question, um, was he what you expected? I mean, going into the fight, did it, did it kind of happen the way you kind of thought of it? Man, with the guys that I train with, you know, I call them hold them down, hold, uh, hold them down Holdsworth. Chris Holdsworth, one of the best yeah. jiu-jitsu guys I've the fact that I get to learn from him, you know, he's a black belt. He's been, you know, training, you know, for so long. He, we've been, we're lucky to have him as one of our head, our, our head of jiu-jitsu instructors at Team Alpha Male. And, I mean, his, his record speaks for itself, man. Chris is amazing, and we go over that choke time and time again. Um, you know what I mean? Just how to, how to finish that one. You know, it's Coach Danny Castillo, who's always in my corner as well. Um, he's a black belt. We've gone over that, how to finish that. And, Michael did a great job defending it, man. Um, he really, really showed a lot of guts because I think I had his back for at least a minute. You know, and that yeah, could a, be a long a good, time a good for, one. for the guy that's down there. And what brought uh, the fight that kind of was going through my head at the moment and afterwards was, uh, um, not, yeah, yeah, Gunnar Nelson, Damian Maya. You know, what I mean, I was like, yeah. dude, you know, two of the best guys, and what Damian Maya just ran through him, and Gunnar Nelson was just like next, next level. It just shows you how dominant. Um, Damian Maya is, and then also um, Damian Maya and Matt Brown when they fought. I think Maya had his back like the entire fight, and Matt did such a great job of defending it, defending it. And I think he might have got caught the end, like in the third round or something. So um, it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of poise to just to be down there for that long and know that you got a guy, a backpack on you, whether they're a wrestler or jujitsu right. guy. You know what I mean? So, um, but those are things that I definitely need to to uh, improve on and need to learn because. Sometimes you might only get that one chance in the fight to finish that. And then, hey, if that round doesn't end, if that's not the third round, say that was the first or the second, and there's still a few more rounds, that might have been the only chance, and, and I blew it. Yeah. And then I'm back stuck into um, Michael Johnson's game or whoever it is, being being stuck in the feet. Maybe I can't finish the takedown or something, and I'm you know going against a, you know, a high-level striker. Um, so uh, he definitely did a great job there. We knew watching the past fights because – I think five or six of my teammates at Team Alpha Male have fought him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Josh Emmett, Danny Castillo, Andre Feely, Darren Elkins, uh, I think one more. So the list goes on and on. So we kind of knew him inside and out, at least so I thought. Um, and he's beaten a lot of those guys on the feet. So I feel like if we were able to use our level changes and, and then just kind of threaten to take down, it was going to open up our hands, you know, as sloppy as my hands are, you know what I mean? I felt like we connected a lot in that fight. Um, and he was tagging me up too, man. Um, obviously you got, yeah, I had a nice black eye that just went away a couple of days ago. So you had a cut, like you got it, you got to cut pretty early. It seemed like, yeah, yeah. You know what that happened in the first round and <laughs> sure shit, I swear. And I was, I was running into the fence and my, my, um, I had my head looking down and I, I see what blood coming down. I'm like, Oh man, not again. I'm like, here we go. You know what I mean? And I wasn't sure who was it from, but uh, apparently it might have been. I think the ref told us. Ref, so he's like, "Hey guys, be careful the headbutts." So oh, he thought okay. it was a headbutt. Might have knocked heads. Just, you know what? It was tiny. It was right here. Oh. Okay. And uh, wasn't nearly as bad. I thought, man, here we go. I'm gonna have to get stitches again yeah, or something yeah. like that. But it wasn't bad. Um, but yeah, he was cracking me, man. And uh, every time I was hit throwing, he was hitting back, and he was hitting me on the top of the head. And uh, they didn't feel great, but it's better than getting hit in the face, yeah. obviously. Um, <laughs> So uh, yeah, he had he had very good takedown defense. Um, <laughs> I really had to dig, and I had to kind of get 
get to sloppy wrestling almost. I had to just kind of reach for his ankles, reach for you know the back of his calves, and just kind of make it ugly. You know what I mean? Because he's uh, like I said, we knew what to expect on the feet. We knew he was going to have that fast, um, that that cross that he's tagged so many people with. Um, but I think the leg kicks kind of started to work on him too. Yeah. I was I think I was throwing that inside leg kick a lot. He maybe wasn't expecting that started to wear on him. Um, but yeah, I always can take you know I can learn a lot obviously um, in, in every fight, but mainly. Um, there's no reason I shouldn't have finished that. I had his yeah. back for at least a minute, and it shows a lot of balls on his his end um, that uh, he was ready for that. And I was squeezing that body triangle super yeah, tight. Saw I that. was squeezing that choke. So um, it just shows you uh, how tough he is as a wrestler and uh, as a fighter. Yeah, was that pretty much what you what, what, what you didn't expect going in? I mean, I, you obviously knew he was tough, but like you obviously didn't think he was gonna get out of that choke. So, was there anything that yeah. you thought during the fight, like, "Wow, I didn't expect that," or, or, or that he did something and you were just like, "Oh, I didn't prepare for that." You know what? We knew he hits hard. <laughs> we, yeah, you we were knew ready. Down, and um, you know, looking at the, the Darren Elkins fight, Elkins submitted him pretty quickly. Um, we thought we were gonna be able to get that choke. So, yeah. uh, pretty much everything that went down in the fight, we had already premeditated it. You know, but. Um, he just showed a lot of toughness, man, hanging in there for that long because especially at the end of a fight like that, a lot of guys are looking for a way out. You know what I mean? If uh, if he wasn't a wrestler, I think he would we would have we would have gotten him out. So uh, yeah, once again, another you know kudos to Mike on that one, man. And you're a true OG, man. You've had some of the greatest fights in the sport and and in the UFC, and and you've I don't know how many uh, bonuses you've probably amassed in your career. Um, but you, you called out up-and-comers now. So you said you want to fight some up-and-comers instead of maybe some, some like, legend, kind of, like, people in your, your kind of same situation maybe. Or I, I understand top fighters, but it sounded like you were saying more 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 guys that are kind of, like, up-and-comers versus guys like yourself or guys that's just had a lot of fights or maybe older. Is there a reason for that? Like, are you looking for just uh, a different type of challenge or, or someone that doesn't know you as well? Or Yeah, and, you know, just to clarify that, like you said, I didn't mean that to come off the wrong way when I had said it, you know what I mean? Because um, obviously people know <laughs> we, we – Fought, we fought everyone. You know yeah, I mean? you did. And pretty much, you know what I mean? Whether they were before they were champ, after they were the champ, on their way up to the title fights, whatever it is, you know. Um, so I'm not asking for a guy that's his, it's his UFC debut of by course. any means yeah, or anything. Yeah. guy with maybe a handful of fights, not a guy that, uh, um, excuse me, you know, his, uh, you know, he's got 20 or 30 wins or 20 or 30 UFC fights already because if you look at our last handful of opponents, man, um, you know, since I here, I'll even go with my last, uh, you know, my last fight at, at featherweight. I mean, Brian Ortega didn't have a lot of fights, but that dude was undefeated. Yeah, and we were, you know, piecing him up pretty good. And man, he, he caught me at the end. Good for him. And now he's got another title fight coming up. I'm super pumped for that one. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, back up to uh, lightweight after that. Uh, Eric Koch, that dude's fought. You know, I mean, he's he's fought just about everybody. He almost fought for the belt against Jose Aldo when he was at uh, at welterweight, but then I think he had an injury or something like that. So he was on his way up. Joe Lozon, I mean, come on, that speaks for itself. Um, and then, uh, man, Charles Oliveira, he was, uh, I think yeah. he had a couple of losses, and he He's put one on out me good right my now. hometown. So that was uh, that was a bummer, man. And look at him, he, that dude has been on. Yeah. I, I got his, <laughs> it sucks, but I got his winning streak back going. I think he started with me, and that dude has been just a yeah. buzzsaw since then. I think he's on seven or eight wins, and what he did to Tony Ferguson, yeah. and Tony's dude's most fun dudes to watch. I was blown away by that, man. Honestly, I think, I don't know if people give him a lot of credit for that, but uh, to me, that was one of the most impressive fights, of impressive victories as of late that yeah. I think might be overlooked. So people watch out for uh, <laughs> for Charles Oliveira. Um, after that, fought Jim Miller. I mean, that dude's got the most, <laughs> most fights in the UFC yeah. between him and Don Tony. Um, it's a bummer. Him and uh, Bobby Green, their fight just fell out. I hope Bobby Green's okay. Um and uh, let's see, yeah, and then you know Michael Johnson. So between those five or six guys, I think we're we're looking at a hundred wins, maybe in the U, you know, maybe definitely in their career, maybe in the UFC. So yeah, I'm not looking for a, a baby. I'm not looking for a, a, a brand new guy to welcome to the UFC, but maybe a guy that uh, you know, a, a, you know, a handful of fights in the UFC or something like that too. So no, uh, I'm not. I've never been much for calling anybody out. You know what I mean? Um, Still love to get one back against uh, Nate Diaz, even though we got our hand raised in that one. But that's a that's another side piece. But yeah, uh, that's yeah. all good. Um, let's see. Um, they were supposed to fight this past weekend. Um, I don't know how you pronounce his name exactly. Uh, the Jakar Close or Jakar Close and uh, Pena. I think they were supposed to fight. Something happened. I don't know. Oh, I think one of the guys got COVID, a cornerman, so they had to cancel that one. So um, I think that will pro- that'll probably be postponed or rescheduled. But uh, 
I feel like those would be good fights. You know what I mean? A, a fun one. Those guys are up and comers. They're very athletic. They're fun to watch. Those guys are big swingers, heavy hitters. They, they're wrestlers. You know what I mean? So they can kind of do it everywhere. So I think I want fights like that that are intriguing to the you know to the crowd. That um, and those guys. That's a that's a win win situation for young guys yeah. like that. Anyway, you know what I mean? To yeah. uh, take on you're a veteran, get the best you know, fight. So, I don't see too many guys turning down fights against us right now. So, you know how it is, man. We're up, we'll take on the world. We love, we just love to go out there and put on a show for the fans, man. At the end of the day. So you're just kind of waiting around right now. You don't have anything in the talks, or that you can at least announce or anything. You're just kind of watching the fight, seeing how they're going, and and, and waiting for the call. Yeah, I would like uh, realistically, uh, I'd like to get back in there May or June. So yeah. if anyone's, uh, you know, ready to rock and roll, we're always ready, man. Uh, nice. I'm, light right now too so if the ufc had to call you know I mean, we're, i'm about two runs or two workouts away from making 155 again so uh yeah well i mentioned it after the fight too i think in the the post fight little press conference um <laughs> with no spectators obviously it's kind of weird yeah. how it is now it's like in a tent <laughs> out there yeah it's six media guys on their camera i'm sorry on their laptops one computer i'm sorry one camera um so uh yeah, I, I want to really stay busy. I honestly would like to get three fights in this year like we did right out of the gates. I think my first few years in the UFC, we fought three or four times. My first year, I think we fought four times. Uh, Roger Huerta, Marcus Aurelio, Tyson Griffin, Dean Thomas. So those at the time, man, it's crazy to look back because I think we were on the same card. And that's when yeah. uh, we were both super, super active. So yeah. I would like to get that at you know the, the ripe old age of 39. Um, I still feel more youthful and more... Um, active than i ever have so um i hope the ufc hears this then knows that i'd like to fight in the middle of the uh, middle of the year and then uh, right around my uh right around my birthday in december that'll be the 15th uh 15th year in the ufc so that'd be kind of cool to do something like that a big blowout fight at the end of the year or something so that's just kind of a time frame and uh, we're always ready to rock and roll you guys know that all right hang on a second guys i'm about to give you something for free and save you money at the same time do not fast forward please listen to me guys if you or you know somebody, does that make sense? If you or you know somebody, yeah. If you or you know somebody has balls, I'm about to change your life. Listen, guys, Manscaped is the number one below-the-waist men's grooming product on the market by far. The official trimmer of the UFC, the official trimmer of the Real Quick and Mike Swick podcast, and yours truly. All you have to do is go to manscapes.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, use code QUICK at checkout. Now, code QUICK is my nickname. It doesn't, it's not instructions. It doesn't mean to trim your nether regions in a quick manner. I do not recommend that. That is very dangerous. Um, so code quick is my name, which lets them know that you, uh, you basically went for the podcast or from the podcast, which supports the podcast and you get 20% off your purchase and free shipping to get the best product on the market. Win-win for everyone guys. Thank you. Dude, your energy level when you fight is crazy. Like, first of all, that fight, even with Michael Johnson, all your fights, they're just absolutely incredible and crazy. And then after the fight, going out to the fight, and then after the fight, you still have so much energy. And, like, is this something that you've always had your whole life where you're just – you can't help it except jumping around and being, like, like full of energy? Or is this something like a, a mindset thing where you're trying to, like, always look fresh and, and full of energy even before the fight and after the fight just as like a mental thing for your opponents or like like what where's that come from because man you have more energy than any fighter for sure in the ufc before after and during a fight thank you mike i appreciate that man and you know what that's something that started at a young age i get it from my dad um it's funny he's 67 years old he's just at a he's at a doctor's appointment right now because he's getting another reconstructive sh uh, shoulder surgery he's had them done before both of them he's getting another one wow because what he can't settle down and i was oh, my parents literally up two miles away I, so i was hanging out in their pool yesterday we had dinner and my old man after dinner but oh, he the guy can't sit still he's up on the roof uh, <laughs> uh leaf blowing the roof and then he's vacuuming it at the same time with the, with the shop back so i i get it from him you know what i mean we've, we've always got to be doing something yeah. so i definitely that's where i think it's a genetic a genetic thing um that's where we get the tough grittiness you know he grew up in chicago um, fighting in back alleys and fighting in the schoolyard and stuff like that too. So, um, I can credit to him and my mom. She worked a couple of jobs raising us. Um, you know, my big bro, Jay, I got the wrestling and the fighting, you know, uh, toughness from him. He, he, he picked on me and beat up on me every day growing up, you know? So I think I had no choice, but to, um, you know, to be tough and be ready. But, uh, also too, man, uh, I had to make up 
I always got to be in better shape than my opponents. And that started at a young age when I stepped foot on the wrestling mat. Most of these guys were more athletic, but you know, higher skill level. Um, you know what I mean? Just maybe just better all around. So I had to make up for it somewhere. If I couldn't beat them at that place, I had to beat them in the, you know, in the cardio and the conditioning and just keep pushing these guys, you know? So that's carried over. And that's where we found so much success, um, uh, in not, not in our wrestling career, you know what I mean? But in, in um, mixed martial arts, you know I mean? That's, if we could push these guys, I know it, it was a, a mindset, a mentality. If I can yeah. make them tired, I'll, I'm going to find a way to win. You know, that's, uh, because most of the guys are better strikers, better wrestlers, better, you know, jiu-jitsu guys, whatever it is. But I know if I can tire them out, and you've seen it before, man, you know yeah. when you break a guy. You know yeah, when you're yeah. tired, man. You number, it's game on. You lay on that gas pedal, dude. And uh, it's crazy to see a, a grown man break, you know, per se, in front of you. So, um, it's it, not to mention, man, just being out there and doing what I love and get to put on a show for a crowd, whether it's 20,000 people screaming at the, you know, at the, the Arco Arena or the Anaheim arena the duck pond or, or in vegas mgm mandalay bay wherever it may be man we've been fortunate to fight in front of some big crowds yeah or whether this last fight and when i fought bobby green over the summer man um in front of an empty little small arena it's kind of cool man because you know that there's people watching back home you know there's people yeah. watching you know out by you around the world and different islands all over the place because dana white and the ufc have done such a great job building up the sport and promoting it that those are what it's all about, man. Um, yeah. Fighting for them, and uh, I, man, I tell people if you can't get up and get excited for a fifteen or twenty-five minute fight <laughs> to fight a grown man, and you get tired, you're in the wrong sport. You yeah. better find something else to do. So it's always been that, and just my love for being put. That's my stage. I tell people all the time in interviews. You know what? I'm the lead singer. I'm the drummer. Yep. I'm the sound. I'm the I'm everything. The, the tour. Um, that's that's my night to shine, man. That's my musical stage. You know what I mean? Um, I've always loved baseball growing up. I've always loved football. So that's yeah, I wasn't able to make it in those sports. You know what I mean? But that's that's my one night to shine and go out there and just uh, have fun and you know and do what we do and let uh, let the rest happen. You know. Well, you've done a great job of that. And for those people listening um, that haven't fought and understand what he meant by uh, breaking people, I can explain it like this. I've, ha I've had to explain this before, but when you've when you've raced somebody before. And a lot of people that's watching and listening to the podcast have raced somebody or, or been in a race with multiple people. When you're racing and you're not quite so tired and you start passing somebody up and you see that they're tiring and they're getting, they're huffing and puffing, that, that excitement and that feeling you get as you pass them up and you know you're doing better, it's like that times 10 when you're in a fight and you start noticing your opponent is, is huffing and puffing and, and starting to get tired. So for those of you at home that, that are watching, that's, it's, that's kind of the, the best way I can relate it to everybody that's kind of like had a race or competed against somebody when they they, when they've seen them get a little bit tired and they knew they were going to pass them up and win the race or whatever the case. For sure. No, you nailed it, man. And adrenaline takes over yeah, at that point. It's crazy. There's nothing stopping you, man. I don't care <laughs> if it's Brock Lesnar's in the cage with yeah. you, man. Once you hit the mental switch and you shift gears, dude, you're, it's it's almost like a, a, an invincible feeling, man. And since you just mentioned your family, because this might be the answer to this question, um, you're always so humble. And, and you know it's easy to be humble in defeat when you get defeated or something like that, but you're humble in victory as well. I've seen you... You know, I've seen you win fights and, and say, we're just happy to get our hand raised. You know, you've completely dominated the fight or whatever the case. Is there somebody that you can credit to that that gave you that, that mentality and that mindset to always be humble and be so appreciative? Because it, it seems like that's just been something that's, that's followed your, your whole career. That's a good question, Mike. I appreciate that. And you know what? I spoke about them earlier. My parents, yep. my best friends, my number one fan. Uh, they've taught me everything. And Because uh, when I was little, you know, I had, uh, you know, a couple of, you know, times on the football field or a couple of times on wrestling matches, I was, I, I'd lose an overtime and I would, I would throw my headgear or something yeah, like that. Yeah. My mom did not stand for it. She would, you know, I'd walk yeah. off the mat and she would get right in my face and tell me that's, that's, that's not how you, you know, that's not how you handle defeat or, or, or victory. Be, no matter what, just always be respectful to the referee, to your opponent, to the, whatever it is, you know, uh, I should give you a little slap across the face or whatever. And, you know, a little spank on the butt, but, uh, yeah, I owe it to, you know, to my parents and, um, and my brother, cause, uh, you know, you, you can't be a hothead in the sport. And I really carried that throughout my life in business and then passing it on to, you know, our wrestlers. I coach wrestling, um, youth and high school wrestling as well. And I kind of would see some of these kids do those things that I did when I was little. And it, uh, it's tough to, to, to swallow that. You know what I mean? You don't want to, you don't want to pass that on and you, it's amazing. You know, you think about it, you're like, Oh man, I was that kid. I was a little brat for a little while. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> it, uh, those are good less life lessons to learn early. You know what I mean? So 
wrestling has definitely, um, my parents in wrestling has really, you know, taught me that to be humble in defeat, humble in victory, uh, whatever it is. And, um, those are lessons you can carry on, you know, through life in the family world, business world, your career, everyday life. Um, just kind of passing on those values to people. Well, I commend you for I commend you for all your amazing fights, and and uh, have always been a fan of your fights. But I also admire you, you know your whole career being so humble and so uh, having good sportsmanship as well. So that's always been a big thing. So I, you know I'm just going to commend you on that. And then uh, you know obviously you can't be perfect. So uh, looking back, you know say say 15 years, if you could give yourself advice right now for 15 years ago, what do you think is the best advice you'd give yourself to help help make your career a little bit better or make things easier or make you learn faster or smarter, whatever the case? Man, it's- Sorry, uh, that's, deep. that's a deep question, man. That's a hard to answer, but I just figured there might be one thing that, that like you've, you've done kind of over and over, especially in the beginning that you might've looked back and said, you know what, I should have taken it easy here. I should have not done this or, or so- something people can take from. Yeah, no, that's a, another great question, man. And basically it's- uh, just yeah, being honest with, with myself right now and not taking the time in between fights uh, and just yeah, being right back him. to the gym, you know. And because uh, everyone knows I love to travel, I love there's so much I want to do out there. And man, we've been very blessed to travel, you know, coast to coast, <laughs> worldwide. You know, it's been awesome. But um, really, where I have you, you've seen the uh, I guess the the talent pool, the skill level. You know, a lot of these guys catch up to you because they're constantly in the gym. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I would say, yeah, just me more commit because once I'm in camp, that's you know, boom. It's not, no one work, no one outworks us. That's like you know that goes with the cardio thing. You know, I mean, no one outworks us while we're in the gym, but just being getting back right and uh, just going right back to camp when I don't have a fight lined up. You know, because yeah. most of the that time, sense. once we get the call, boom, right yes. to camp. Yep. But you know how it is. You yep. make those bigger, stress starts right away. You, you improve more when you don't have necessarily have a guy right. a dotted line. You know, so that's um, that's always been my thing. Um, just traveling and you know making the most out of it, have li- living the fun lifestyle. But sometimes, you know what? Um, you know, you see these champs. There's a reason that they're the champs. Yeah, they don't take take time off. Not that they necessarily take time off, but those guys live in the gym. Yeah, and you, and you don't pertain to the old factor for sure. I mean, you're not that you're not that you're old, but you're 39. So you're obviously for for most fighters who begin to the the close of their career, maybe thinking about yep. should they continue. That doesn't pertain to you, in my opinion. Um, after watching this Michael Johnson fight, uh, you are you are very much uh, doing just fine. You got another three fights on your contract. You're not slowing down. Uh, that being said, though, what is it that you want to be remembered for by this new generation? Like, what what would be the thing that you would be uh, most proud of for the new generation to remember you and your legacy? buy from from all your fights that's i like hearing that one man and you know what it, it comes down to a few things um obviously always just having that that entertainment value people yeah, know it's gonna be did. an ugly fight <laughs> it's gonna be sloppy <laughs> not a whole lot of ink, but i want to leave people standing in their at their house at home and in the stands wherever it is in vegas in singapore in saitama i'd love to fight out there someday yeah. we were lucky enough to fight in shooto before i got in the ufc and um the whole, you know those people you know how they are. They sit. Yeah. These people were standing down there. You know what I mean? So I've always want to leave that mark that um, people always want more, you know, when they when they have a Guida fight. And then a couple other things, too. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, my, my sights are always set on, you know, holding a belt. You know, I got one in strike force for a little while. And yep, Gilbert Melendez took that. Um, it's always in my, you know, in my sights in, in the UFC. You know what I mean? But we really, we really got to lay on the gas pedal now. But um, um, realistically, I want to be, I'd like to finish my career with, one having the most takedowns in UFC history, and I think right now we're we're top five in the UFC, which not bad for a kid from junior college wrestler. You know what I mean? Uh, we got yeah. something to think about this. Yeah. Guys that are D one, that are national champs that have fought in the UFC, uh, Olympic Henry Cejudo. You know that, and then uh, I think it'd be cool to have the most UFC fights ever. I know Jim Miller's on the top of that level, uh, top of this of the heap right now. So we're behind him, I think, with five or six fights. Um, but uh, it'd be where cool are you at right now? Complete- we're kind of you have six, 16 victories, right? So where are you where are you, where are you at total for fights? I think that was our thirtieth or thirty first UFC fight uh, wow. just recently. Wow, I think, so uh, Jim was supposed to just have his thirty six, and then the God. fight got canceled. Or on, so. <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah, pretty wild, man. Dude, I've had fifteen, <laughs> and I, I thought that was I thought that was a decent amount, but God, you doubled me, man, over doubled me. It's crazy, man. So yeah, things like that might not be super important to a lot of people. But I think that just shows you. It, it's a testament to durability to being long, you know, um, you know, just kind of built, built to last man. And that's the wrestler's creed. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. uh, 
just being tough from a young age just kind of carries you through so much. And I, I owe it all to the sport of wrestling, man. Without without wrestling, I wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing this interview right now. I wouldn't be, you know, have this long of a, a career in mixed martial arts. So um, that's uh, that's always been uh, one reason I always love to go back. It's still my favorite sport to watch. I love coaching wrestling, and uh, it's it's given me so much. It's afforded me so much in my life that uh, I, yeah, I owe my life to wrestling, man. Yeah, and you're going to have a legacy for a lot of reasons. There's no doubt about that. Um, we, you, you came into the UFC, I think, in like 2006, uh, a couple years yep. after me. I came in like 2004, I think, from Ultimate Fighter. So you were a little bit yep. after me when you came in. I don't know exactly our career started. I think it started like 2003 or something. So um, I don't know who inspired you before. I, I was inspired a lot coming up from the the Pride and, and a lot of those fighters, and then obviously some UFC fighters as well. Who was it that inspired you the, the, the most or the couple guys that inspired you the most as you were coming up to, to try to form your style and form your mentality and the way you fight? Um, well, number one, my brother, obviously, you know, Big J. I watched, I did everything he did as a young age, starting at a young age, you know. He wrestled, he got me into wrestling when I was little. He played baseball, I played baseball. He played football, I played football. So then obviously um, – Started, he started fighting. I started fighting by accident. Um, and then we would go train with uh, Joey Gilbert and Gilbert Grappling down in the uh, south suburbs of Chicago. And Joey Gilbert was uh, Abu Dhabi, um, ADCC. He took third. Um, he lost to Leo Vieira, who won it. Um, and then yeah. his, his UFC debut was BJ Penn's UFC debut yeah. back in, I think, 2003, which is kind of yeah. crazy how it uh, came full circle. Um that was you uh my coach my first coach was uh bj penn's opponent and then bj's last opponent was, i was bj's last opponent in, uh, in his ufc career so kind of crazy yeah, how that worked that out crazy. you know um so yeah joey gilbert was a four, first four-time illinois state champ at wrestling guy was a killer wrestled at the um, uh, university of michigan he wrestled the brands brothers so those guys were my inspiration out of outside of like big big ufc names and pride names but man our guy randy couture yeah he, i mean it doesn't, uh, doesn't get much better than that for uh, entertainment value and what he was able to do at not a not a young age you know what i mean yeah he wasn't sitting on the, the couch eating potato chips at 35 he was like on the olympic ladder competing internationally you know trying to make the team and then he you know at that age then he went over to mixed martial arts and at 36 or whatever he was in the ufc and yeah. fought until he was i think i was at his last fight against machida 40 and he was something 44 old something like yeah. whatever it was um so just to, to see a, a guy like that who came over at, um, you know, middle age at his prime and had so much, uh, who was so dominant, had so much success at the top, top level. And he was fighting, I think I remember reading, and that was one of the last books I read was the, the natural the one he came out with. And, um, I can't remember how many of his fights were, were all main events and title yeah, fights. So yeah, his whole were. career, he was always training for five rounds, man. And that's not, yeah. that ain't easy when you're in your 30s, late thirties and, and, 40s and then mid and late 40s you know so he was always demanding uh you know perfection in his career but no matter what it was in, in business you know and in, in the cage and in, in coaching as well um so and that was cool that you got to be uh you know you got to learn you know you don't know, learn from some of those guys those guys and um let's see you know uriah favor i remember watching him in king first started getting into it and i saw uriah you know just do one of these wild uh <laughs> He double-legged the guy and he had him up on his shoulders. And instead of slamming him on his back, I remember he went right backwards yeah. and, like, spiked the dude on his face. I'm like, that was badass, whoever this little dude is with the little butt chain, the California kid. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, now I get to train alongside him. He's one of my coaches. He's amazing. He's one of my mentors. Um, dude, Andre Orlovsky, you know, it was crazy to see because we're from Illinois. We got to, I got to train with him when I was um, training at Gilbert Grappling. Got to see him be the champ, win the belt, you know, knock out some dudes and just – he was, uh, I always thought I was kind of like a little, a little mini Andre, obviously not with the striking, but just kind of with the long hair and just kind of how he bounced around in there. You know what I mean? So he was always so fun to watch, man. And, um, he, he had some wild, wild fights, you know, it, it, you know, he didn't, at the time he was supposed they say the heavyweight, of, you know, is the baddest man on the planet. Um, so, but then you yeah, kind of going, going to pride, um, those dudes were larger than life watching, uh, Sergey Heritonov come down. Uh, watching Alistair Overeem walk down the catwalk with the wooden hand, wooden mat, uh, Vandalay Silva. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And then, you know, the lighter weights, Takanori Gomi. I was lucky enough to share the cage with him. Yeah. You know, one of the guys at the time, I, shit, I think he might have been the most dominant, or I think he was like number was one or there. number two lightweights in the world for, you know, a yeah. handful of years. You know, no, good. He was, he was wrecking dudes, you know. Yeah. So that was 
that we were pretty intimidated to get in there with that dude. And I tell you what, man, <laughs> dude, I, I only got hit once in the fight. It was by a jab, dude. And it was like, dude, I was like, blah, 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 get up against the fence. <laughs> he, I, he swung with that hook that cracks so many, so many people knocks him out. And when he swung and he missed Mike by like this much yeah. and heard wind go by. Yeah. In front of me. I was like, it was like, I was like, Oh man. And I just shot that double leg or high crotch on him and got him to the ground. And, uh, but, um, yeah, I, I really wish pride to me that it doesn't get better than that. Seeing a little guy against a big guy, minimal man fighting Bob Sapp or how he would come out with his crazy double leg kick in the mid you know, air. So those were dudes that, um, it was like David versus Goliath or that you'd see, um, you know, just so many of those badass dudes just, uh, go out there. They were just larger than life. So those were, um, kind of, that's what really kind of got me pumped about the mixed martial arts, um, shit hoist gracie um yeah so many yeah ken, you know ken shamrock shredded look at like right off yeah. of you know what i mean bodybuilding competition and he jumps in there against hoist gracie who doesn't really you know didn't people didn't expect a whole lot from and then he was submitting every you know everybody and making these big dudes tap out and, you know and yell so um yeah those are definitely some of the guys that got me just like so many other people you know i mean get that got me excited at a young age to watch a sport and be involved with it later you know that's awesome, man. Being that you're in the division, what do you make of the 155 pound division right now? Like the, the guys at the top and, and who's going to get the belt and all that. What, what's your take on how, how this is all going to play out in the next uh, few fights? Dude, I tell you what, man. Um, when I was at 145, I thought that was uh, – because I think, if, if, you know, for the longest time, you know, uh, lightweight and, and welterweight were, you know, people were saying those are the most dominant, you know what I yeah. mean? And then um, when Frankie Edgar and I went down to 145 – then yeah. it was like, well, people are saying, holy crap, 145 is the, is, was the, you know, the new 155 or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, so super dominant. But now, yeah, the lightweight division is just, it's action packed, just studs everywhere. You know, shoot, starting with uh, Paul Felder. And I think he's done such a great job in commentary, man. He's just uh, super, super articulate. He's done an amazing job there. Super fun to watch. Takes fights on short notice. The dude's a freaking monster at 155. I don't even know how he makes weight. Yeah, he's big. Um, Bro, just just an animal, and I mean the list goes on. Yeah, like I said, yeah, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gagey, Poirier is an absolute destroyer. We right got now. Chandler now, and Poirier, and all these guys. Like, it seems like one of those guys is going to get the shot, and then Gagey's there too. It's tough to figure out how this is going to play out, and then when it does play out, there's going to be an immediate uh, contender that's going to be tough enough to beat the champ, if not give him a tough fight right away, like immediately. Like, there's already like. A potential exactly. champion, a potential number one contender, potential number two contender. It seems like it's going to be a, a nice little run. Yeah, for sure. It's a log jam up there right now, man. And um, going outside of that a little bit, because I mean, Khabib is him and John Jones are the greatest of all time. Yeah, I'll call it right. People I agree. have said it for. It's hard to hard to argue that. Um, I'll even put. I'm going to put Henry Cejudo up there as well because yeah. what he's done in just a short amount of time. You know, what I mean, Olympic Olympic gold medalist and two time. UFC, different weight classes. I'll put him up there as, as the greatest of all time. Combat sports, just because what having that gold medal, dude, that that, that speaks volumes yeah, for it's itself. Crazy. And remember, he heck, he was blowing weight a couple of years before he won the belt. So the escal, you know, how he escalated so quickly to dominance is that that's what impressed me the most. Yeah. Um, but this one kind of goes outside of the uh, box. This is just matchups with super fights that I would like to see. And I don't know what you think about this or what you know the casual fan or the hardcore MMA fan. I want to see Khabib and Usman at at 170. I think would be doable because I've heard um, Khabib walks around it. I heard at 180, 185. You know what I mean? And he's he's a big, strong dude. I've heard. Um, and and Usman, we know he couldn't make lightweight. That dude, I'm surprised he can even make welterweight. So to me, that's an intriguing matchup because two of the most dominant guys in wrestling and the ground and their their stand up, you know, gets better and better. So I, to me, I I don't know if that's a a fans fight to sell pay-per-views, but I think that'd be a cool fight just to see dominant wrestlers, grapplers, and just the, the toughest dudes in their weight class, I think, ever. Yeah. And, I mean, dude, Gilbert Burns had him out, I thought, for a second, and to see how Usman yeah. recovered re like immediately, was uh, that was very impressive to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 100%. And, and speaking of your Arlovsky hair, because uh, you were saying that you had the Arlovsky hair. Uh, is it true? So I heard a long time ago, because uh, when the UFC uh, game came out in 2009, 
I heard that, yep. that you, your hair was more advanced than the technology that went into the UFC 209 game, and you had a choice to cut your hair or not be in the game, and you chose not to cut your hair. Is this true? Yeah. <laughs> That's a funny story, man. Dude, yeah, you, you know what choice you... I you know what choice I made. Okay, so <laughs> I fucking want to be in the game, dude. I don't care. I had that long Bradley Cooper hair, dude. You didn't even know that. You didn't know me back then. I shaved that shit and still shave it, dude. <laughs> dude, it's funny you mention that, man. Because the UFC they brought us out to to LA to Universal Studios um, to do like this the body scan or do whatever for the video. Yeah, game, I remember. You know? <laughs> Yeah, so we're out there that weekend. Then we get a call from, uh, I think it was Ron Gold or who, like, whoever was like uh, in charge of the video game. He's like, Guida, man, the the artists or whoever they are, these guys, they can't get your hair right, man. We don't know, what, we don't know what to tell you. They've tried several different ways. They don't know what to do, man. We're either gonna have to put you in there bald, or you're gonna have to cut your hair and then come back, uh, or shorten it or, or or shave it and then come back and we'll do the body scan again. And I was like, yeah, right, dude. Hold on. So I called Dana. <laughs> I let him know. He's like, no way. He's like, give me five minutes. I'll call you back. Cause he was pissed. He, he called me back. He's like, Guida dude. He's like, I just spoke to these guys. They they've tried everything. He's like, I tell you what, I'll give you five grand to cut your hair. I was like, come on boss. Yeah. Right. So he's like, whatever, dude. He's like, give me a few minutes. I'm going to call him back again. I'm going to tell him to get this thing right. He calls me back five minutes later. He's like, dude, they tried again. He's like, I tell you what, I'll give you 10 grand to cut it, dude. Wow. That's my final. I was like, boss, come on, man. Add another zero, and then we'll start talking business. <laughs> wow. He's like, you son of a gun, dude. So, yeah, I got left out of the uh, the original UFC 1 game because they couldn't uh, couldn't replicate the, the mullet, dude. That's cool. Yeah. You got in the next one, though. I think they, they they made the updates to the technology, right? I, no, no, it's all good, man. It's, uh, and it was kind of cool growing up, um, you know, obviously playing with the playing video games and then with the action figures. They got the UFC uh, action figures, yeah. to, you know, to – to now be in one, have your own action figure. I yeah, give it to my, you know, for sick. Christmas gifts, stuff, or birthday gifts. Kids love it. But uh, I always tell them, you know, I'm like, dude, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, He-Man, and G.I. Joe's are still way cooler, dude. You know? Dude, another funny Dana story about the action figure. So uh, the first series of the action figure came out, and it's like, you know, like total badasses and like, Dana said it's going to be me, right? So he came up to me. He's like, "All right, dude, you're going to be one of the main. You're going to be one of the guys in the first action figure." There's like five or six of them. I can't remember, but it was like Anderson Silva, Chuck Liddell, like all these badasses. And I'm like, "Come on, Dan, I'm not going to be in this thing." I was like, "I was a few fights in the UFC. I had like you know four or five wins in a row or something like that." But it was like I was far from like those guys, right? And he's like, "Yeah, you're going to be in the, the game." But he goes, "Since you backed out of so many fights, we have to have like special figures too. You know, we can't just have like all everyone's the same." So you're going to be injured. We're going to make you injured because you're injured all the time. And because you miss so many fights. And I, I don't know to take, cause I was like excited cause I'm getting an action figure, but I was like really heartbroken that I was going to be injured. Like, I didn't know if I was going to have like, like crutches or like an arm sling or what. And, on the arm. <laughs> and he didn't tell me any different. Like he, he was dead serious until they came out. Like he never told me it was a joke or it was, it was, it was like, and I had to wait till they came out. And then when they came out, I was so scared. And then like I opened it and I was like, I was testing it and everything. And like, he was just, he was just fucking with me. But I was like, God, dude, for like months, dude, for months you fucked with me. Look, I, I didn't even tell my family I was even going to have one just in case it was too embarrassing when it came out. Embarrassment, man. <laughs> yeah. See, he's, he's funny, man. People yeah, don't realize. That's Dana for you, man. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool but you can't come to Thailand without coming to aka Thailand come on But uh, anyway, man, tell me a little bit what's going on out there with you, my man. Tell me a little something on uh, what you've been up to, dude. Dude, I'm in Thailand, man. So I'm in I'm in Phuket. I built my dream gym out here. It's like two-acre compound, two-acre complex. Got multiple buildings on it. We got a restaurant. We got Muay Thai in the middle of the jungle on a mountainside. And it's just like 
I mean, for me, man, like for my life, this is like the best thing I could be doing right now. You know, I feel I feel younger than ever. I feel more shaped than ever. I, I'm having a good life. The, the, the culture, the lifestyle is very uh, low stress, really cool, really chill. Um, it, it's cool, man. It's, it's really awesome. It's a, it's a beautiful island, Phuket, Thailand. Uh, it's amazing. Um, so when you when you get a chance to come out here or take a vacation, man, just hit me up and I guarantee you're gonna have the best time of your life, man. We'll hit the, the gym a little bit, do a little training. I'm not gonna let you beat me up, man, because I, I'm, not, I'm not like fight training, training. I'm just like trying to like get my, my size back training where I look like a fighter because I never really did. But um, I'm, not, I'm not really fight training that much. But uh, we could train a little bit, man. We could hit the islands. We can cruise on the boat. We can do all some cool stuff. And there's a lot of fishing too, man. What we do is we catch like tuna right off the boat and then we'll just eat them like right off the, they'll just cut them up right there fresh. Dude, it sounds like you're in paradise. You're living the life out there, man. And uh, I tell you what, dude, I've been, um, that's one of those places on the bucket list. Like it, it's top on there, dude. Uh, I've had, I mean, obviously, you know, so many of our friends and teammates and buddies have gone out there and trained and Phuket is supposed to be like the island. I've only seen pictures and videos from my friends coming back to like, dude, the water color is it's it's unreal. The just everything's ridiculous, man. So it sounds like you're in, you're in the spot, man. And that's, uh, it's top on the list, man. I'd love to come out there and work out and, uh, yeah, get to see the sights, man. And yeah, do some fishing. I want to, how about the monkeys, dude? Tell me about the monkeys. Are you yeah. doing those things at all? Yeah. You know what? I'm very fortunate. I've never been attacked. I've been attacked, but I haven't been bit. And it's, if you, if you follow like Dana follows, or he's seen all the videos and stuff and they're so, they're so randomly posted now. You can't look in one place and see them. But like, I've had so I, many close encounters, but like, I'm like one with the monkeys, man. I can't, I can't stay away from those things. And like, I, I always get attacked or close to getting attacked. I just haven't been bit yet. Um, so yeah, I love, I love them, man. It's cool. Cause they pop up everywhere. You know, they're, they're in the middle of like everywhere you go. So it's, it's kind of cool. And, uh, the, the wildlife is cool. The, the, you know, the right now it's the best, honestly, like my gym has been suffering for 12 months because you know, there hasn't been customers. So it's been like a worse beyond a worst case scenario to have a gym that's two acres, one of the biggest gyms in the world, and then not have revenue or like at least a lot of revenue for like an entire year. Like how do you prepare for that? Usually, you know what I mean? So that was tough. Um, but now we have customers coming back. People are coming in through quarantine. It's getting better. But that being said, it's one of the best times to be in Thailand because when we go to the islands now, like, like Phuket, I mean, uh, PP Island or any islands around here, there's no tourists. I mean, it's like they're just now letting tourists back in. So it's not oversaturated. So you can actually take photos of yourself on private islands and, or private beaches and like or all these beautiful sites. That's awesome. And yeah, I was going to ask, how's the compound doing with the whole COVID thing? And there's and man, no Corona. There's no Corona in Thailand. It's, it's out. That's awesome. Because it's well, it, 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 just it, to come it, into it, Thailand, you have to get tested. You have to fly in. You got to get tested again. Then you have to sit in a hotel room for two weeks right now. This is the way it is right now. So for two weeks, you got to stay in a hotel room. You can't leave. You can't associate with anybody. You can't do anything else. Then you have to get tested, get tested again, and then they let you in the country. So fortunately for me, we have such a nice following at AK Thailand. We've actually had... Uh, a lot of people that's came in, went through the quarantine and they've, uh, they've actually came in and they're staying for three months, six months or a year. That's awesome, man. It sounds like you got some lifers out there, dude. Yeah. Dude, but a lot of people come for a long term, man. They come for like three months, six months, a year, two years, three years. Like they, they, they just live out here, man. It's like, it's, it's pretty cool. You're going to love it. I got to ask you one quick question before we go. Um, so you, yep. your truck just got broken into, and I know how frustrating and stressful that is. Is everything okay? Like, did you get nothing major got stolen, correct? Yeah. So check it out. I was, um, it was a day before I was going to take off. I was going to go fishing with this guy, Nick, the informative fisherman. He's like one of the biggest YouTube sensations out there in Northern California. This guy catches just monster, monster bass. And uh, his name is Nick, the informative fisherman. Like he literally, he could teach a blind guy how to tie a knot, how to catch a fish, man. The guy awesome. So I was all pumped up. I woke up early, go for a run. And um, I'm in a Hilton Garden in a hotel, you know, nice place, pretty nice part of uh, Sacramento. Go for a run. It was funny. I was kind of doing like Instagram live and just staying because it was still pretty close after the fight. Only a few days. And I just want to let people know, hey, thanks. I haven't gotten back to everyone, but I'm I'm working on it because I, I always individually go through every text message. It takes a week. I go through every um, social media message and just thank everybody, you know. So I'm doing that. Half hour later, 40 minutes later, I come back and I'm running in the parking lot and I see old blue. I'm like, huh, that's weird. Where's, there's, why is my suitcase outside of the truck? I look up. Why is my window open? I don't remember rolling my window down last. And then I'm like, son of a gun dude and i ran up to it and someone busted in the window while i was running dude like in the morning they didn't do it at night when it was dark they, they did it in the morning i'm like son of a gun so um 
I think they kind of got caught in the act because I saw this little red bag look like a tool bag that they tried to bust a window in with. There was a dude's shoe out there, so I think someone saw him. And he just they saw it was you, bro, and they ran out of their shoes. That's what happened. <laughs> they said, Clay Guida's freaking car. <laughs> Dude, so, uh, yeah, you would have chased that guy I... for 10 miles. Right. Exactly. <laughs> There's no so, way to like, outrun you like a cheetah. Dude, I wish. I, you know what? I'm kind of glad I didn't see it because yeah. you know how I would have yeah, it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they got, they got two big um, uh, suitcases packed with clothes, which is whatever. You know how, many, how much clothes we get, man. That stuff's all replaceable, but um, – Dude, in my one suitcase, I had my little badass USA Wrestling um, fight night gear bag oh, that I bring fuck. into the locker room with me, dude. Yeah. With, like, with, uh, with my little, I got a cool little uh, Michelangelo uh, Teenage Mutant Turtle action figure. I got my fight gloves. I just got my fight night bag. You know what I mean? I've had it for a dozen years, man. The whole time in UFC, Israel Martinez got it. My wrestling wrestling coach at Izzy Star Wrestling, he got that for me. Um, so that one's, that's the only thing that's not going to be able to be replaced. The clothes, oh, man, no big that deal. sucks. And then... They, uh, the fight night posters, the, the fight week posters, once oh. you sign, man, we're in that big thing. So I'll be able to get some replacements, just not with the autograph. So I hope that that homeless person is enjoying uh, <laughs> my gear and, and those posters. Don't go don't go selling those things on eBay now, man. And I hope they don't just I hope they realize what they have. Those posters are cool. Hopefully they do, because, man, you could probably you could probably track that somehow, like because it's one of a kind, those things. And if it does pop up on eBay. You know, you never know, I think you could probably hit up eBay and just let them know what happened. And they'll at least maybe if it's a second or third party bite, then they'll at least get it back or something and say, look, this is stolen material. So that might be your only chance. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, on that, uh, old blue, he got a little black eye, but uh, he's yeah. tough as nails. He's a survivor. And it's funny you bring that up because he's been through some some stuff in uh, Sacramento. He got stolen a few years before that in front of Uriah Favors in front of his house, like which is a very nice area. Favor was the day he uh, was the first uh, night that he just moved in because he had just had the house uh, remodeled and everything, and it was fight night. Uh, I think uh, Josh Barnett was fighting, and uh, he's like, "Yo, we'd have some people over and uh, fight night or whatever." And so I just stayed the night. I woke up in the morning to go for a run. I look out the window. I'm like, "Man, I could have swore I parked my truck right here." And uh, I was kayaking and paddleboarding earlier that day, and I had him strapped on top of the truck. And uh, apparently, a couple of Jeez. couple of low life. Uh, crackheads or whatever uh wanted the they wanted my toys so they broke into the truck and just took the whole thing man that sucks man and then we found it so yeah luckily we found it three days later three blocks away from faber's house so yeah. i tell you what man blue's battle tested he's not going anywhere anytime soon man yeah man i appreciate all your time i've taken a lot of it so far is there any way i can grab two quick predictions just because you're so experienced and 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 you've been in the game for so long just really fast yep fire them off man go for it I want to get your, your opinion on Jan versus Stylebender. That's coming up pretty soon. Um, just for the fact, Stylebender's moving up, taking on a big guy like Jan. <sighs> Boy, um, that dude's been on a terror lately. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to go with, uh, oh, and that's going to be at light heavyweight. Did they just announce that? Yeah. Boy, okay, well, I'll give you I'll give you um, my prediction why, or at least who, who's, who I think is going to win. I don't know how, but um, I'm taking Stylebender, man, only because of the fact I didn't, I wasn't sold on him for a while, man. You know, tall, lanky striker, you know, he was beating these dudes. And I'm like, just wait, just wait. A real good wrestler is going to get him and, and be able to hold him down and somehow kind of negate, you know, his, uh, his stand up is striking. And dude, Calvin Gastelum, the who's who he's, yeah, he's um, got them all. Uh, Joel Romero. I mean, what it's been honestly one of the most impressive title runs and title holders that I've seen. So I I can't I'm not a gambling man but I cannot bet against that guy right now yeah. so I just think, I think he's been has he been in the UFC a little bit longer than uh, than Jan so far I feel like Jan's still kind of relatively new maybe I don't know comparatively but I know he's been making like uh, moves and 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 doing big things a lot longer I mean Jan just kind of got to the title um, he's okay. been underestimated a lot he's just a big massive guy and that's why a lot of people yeah. don't know who he is and, they, and, and they're not as familiar with him he fought Rockhold which opened my eyes because Rockhold's my teammate Rockhold kind of underestimated him and he kind of went through Rockhold and that was kind of the first time we're like oh shit this is a different oh, kind yeah. of guy but everyone put everyone on alert that's right when he clipped uh when he clipped yeah. Luke I was like who 
dude. So, so he kind of done that a couple more times, won a couple big fights, and, and now he's a light heavyweight champ. But his size is so big. That's kind of the only reason. Aside from the accolades, Stylebender for sure has done yep. way more and has accomplished way more and shows way more technique as far as, like, he's one of the best strikers, I think, in the entire sport. Um, and if he Not beats John, I think he, that, that, you know, he, he's, he's one of the best fighters in the, in the sport right there. Um, the other fight, if you follow them, um, would be also Sterling versus John coming up. Um, do you have a, any take on that? Because I mean, Jan's obviously the champion. He's he's doing he's pretty yep. damn good. But Sterling's got a lot of hype too coming in. So it's kind of one. I'm picking Jan, but I like Sterling. It's I'm just kind of making a pick. I, but I mean, I don't. Yep. It's, it could go either way, you know. For sure, man. You talk about youth, athleticism, power. Both of these guys. <laughs> I mean, they're they're the, they're the truth, man. They both have all of those things. Um, I got. I mean, this is an easy one for me to pick because you know, Peter Yan put it on uh, my coach Uriah. You know, what I mean, at that fight. And granted, it wasn't. I was. I was right there. I was like second row. It wasn't like he picked him apart the whole fight. You know, what I mean, he wasn't piecing him up or anything. Right. But the, when they landed, they landed. and They did damage. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's tough. Um, and then he kind of he ran his mouth a little bit, kind of a little disrespectful afterwards. I heard, you know, in the locker room, whatever. It's like, man, show some show some respect to a guy that paved the way. Yeah, you know, exactly. For guys Absolutely. Like, I mean, but uh, yeah, Al Jermaine, man, you talk about entertainment value, explosiveness, um, just super fun to watch. And this guy, he can do it all, man. Um, I'm going to go for him. I don't know how, but I think that's one of the most exciting uh, bantamweight title fights uh, that's that we're going to have in a while. So I'm going to go with Sterling on that one, too, man. All right, cool, man. Well, that's that's uh, that's awesome, and I appreciate your opinion. And man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. It's been so long. I've just enjoyed talking to you, man. It's been so long since I talked to you, it, and our careers ran. Yeah, they coincide together, our whole careers, and and we've seen each other off and on and had appearances and we're at events and and everything else. So it's been good to just sit down and talk to you and catch up. And uh, and I'd love to see you out here in Thailand. So hopefully, you get a chance soon to to take a break and come out here, and we can relax and chill, and I can show you a whole different world, brother. Absolutely, Mikey. Thank you so much for your time, man. And I'm just pumped to uh, yeah to get down and just uh, yeah shoot the shit, and have a good time, and uh, kind of catch up with uh, everything that's been going on. Great for us, man. And I'm super excited for you. That's uh, that's on the bucket list, man. And I'd love to uh, come out. You can show me around, man. I want to check out the monkeys, the surfing, the food, everything, man. The wildlife. Uh, it sounds like a great place. So I'm excited for you guys. And um, yeah, guys, check out Gills and Thrills uh, with Guida. Yeah, let's get down. Let's. It'll be a great time. So thanks we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll actually put all that stuff in the bio of the description on YouTube so people can check it out. Um, okay. And then we'll get that handled for sure. And then, uh, yeah, man, again, thanks. Thanks so much. And, and listen, since uh, this was a long podcast, I know because one of our first ones, um, but I'd love yeah. to do a quick update with you when you get an opponent and you get, you get something signed just to do a quick update, get a breakdown of the, of, of your fight, your fight camp and your training. It'll be a lot quicker than this, than this, I promise. But I just had to have <laughs> one long podcast, man, and, and, and get talk to you and, and, and catch up with you. So, my selfishness here took over and uh, i appreciate your time man i really do all good mikey thanks again for everything man. all the best to you and i'll see you on the islands my man thank you all right brother see you soon take care peace